I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 94 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. It is all welcome. Guys, I hope you are enjoying the divisional breakdowns. I know I sure am. I'm getting super psyched for football to be back. We are covering the NFC East this week. We are now hitting the newly formed Washington Commanders, no longer the Washington football team. So buckle in and let's get right down to some spicy takes. The main event. Fight! Back again once more with the wonderful Dave Heilman at Dynasty Dorks on Twitter. We are talking to the NFC East. We've already hit the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. If you are interested or if you haven't heard them already, go back, check them out. It was a lot of fun. We definitely had about a 400-hour rant about CeeDee Lamb. It was great. I'm clearly right. Dave is just coming to terms with his his wrongness there, but it's okay. We're still friends. We're talking Washington Commanders. I feel pretty proud of myself that I'm actually getting pretty natural at saying Commanders now. Like It took a while. I was like, Washington did uh, care for a while, but it's Washington Commanders. It's there. I'm there. Let's do this. 7-10 and 10 last year. Third place in the division. Not great, Bob. Uh, but surprisingly enough, they had no major changes in their coaching staff, which you would think seven and 10, you know, a couple years into the regime, they may, might want to spice things up a little bit, but no, they're running it back. And to be honest with you, it's really frustrating. I'm sure the Washington faithful are just, they've got to be one of the most hard done by long suffering fan bases because no offense, but their owner is an absolute piece of garbage and, there's just so much dysfunction in that organization. I like Ron Rivera, but man, it's like, again, it feels like two, three years in, and I'm not sure how much headway they're actually making. So no major changes. They're just running it back again. As far as any movement, uh, maybe getting rid of players, bringing players in, they did re-sign JD McKissick to a two-year deal. Looked like they might lose him to Buffalo at one stage, but he did an about turn, got back in the fold. He's still a commander, much to the chagrin of Antonio Gibson truthers everywhere. Um, and they, you know, a good bit of news for Commanders fans. They did manage to sign Terry McLaurin to a three-year contract contract extension. And whatever you think about him for fantasy football, there's no doubt that he's an amazing NFL quarter, uh, NFL wide receiver, and certainly one of their best players, if not their best player, these last several years. Now in the draft. They did do um, a couple things to try and bolster the offense. They drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round. 
They drafted Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama in the third round. They also drafted tight end Cole Turner, and they drafted quarterback Sam Howell. So they did manage to spend a lot of draft capital on the offensive side of the ball. They also brought in Carson Wentz. <laughs> so I'm not sure how you feel about that. You know, could see it. I certainly think it's probably an upgrade at this stage over the quarterbacks they've had the last couple of years. But again, it's not a blockbuster, you know, move in the sense of it's not, you know, majorly going to move the needle probably for a lot of people. But, you know, Carson Wentz is the commander in chief for now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what are we thinking about the commanders, Dave? Where, where are you at? Like on this whole scale of one to 10, like what number jumps out to you when you think of their offensive skill position players? Um, I'll put it at a seven, same as the Eagles. Um, there's some other pieces that I'm more confident in than I, you know, the Eagles, I'm, I'm very confident in Jalen Hurts, um, and I know that that should go to the pass catchers and everything. I just don't know how consistent all that's going to be. And I think, you know, with Terry McLaurin, with Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, and Carson Wentz, I think you could see some consistent production. Um, you nailed it. The, the quarterback has been terrible there, and so the coaching staff gets a little bit of a reprieve because of it. Um, Alex Smith's freak injury threw that franchise into a tailspin and they have not been able to um, figure it out. I think they have a little bit of buyer's remorse after going after Carson Wentz paying two third round draft picks that potentially could be a second and a third. And then finding out Matt Ryan goes to the Colts for one of those thirds. Um, And then, you know, Baker Mayfield situation, Jimmy Garoppolo, there could have been some better, cheaper options. But um, I do think Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Yeah. No, I mean, that that is fair. 100%. I would agree with you that he is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Sadly, Fitzmagic got injured like the first game or whatever when he came got brought in. They have had... They have been a bit snake bit when it comes to the quarterback position these last few years. And that is sad to see. Hopefully, you know, I mean, again, I do wish all these players well. I hope, you know, Wentz balls out and is awesome in Washington. I do personally have doubts, have some reservations, but he is certainly better than what they've been playing with. Uh, when we look at sort of like we have been doing with these teams, I like to look at what did we see out of them last year? And especially when there's not a lot of changes, how can we project that forward? What kind of type of play can we expect? Now, again, new quarterback, that will be interesting, you know, turn of events. But as far as Washington goes last year, they were 23rd in pace of play. So they were kind of on the slower side um, as far as many how many plays you're getting out of them every game. They were 21st in DVOA, which isn't great, but I was actually a little bit surprised it was that positive. I kind of thought they would be like bottom five or bottom 10 maybe, um, but they were 21st in DVOA, which again, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, DVOA is just a, an advanced statistic that basically is talking about defense. The DVOA stands for defense adjusted um, value over average. So basically it means like, what is the kind of status quo the bottom line here and are they better or worse than what we would have expected so 21st not great but kind of near but you know kind of almost near that middle of the pack sort of number which you know has some interesting uh aspects to what you can expect if the quarterback play does get a little bit better if they do get a little bit more from their receiver room as far as their actual success rates with um, rushing they had a 52 percent success rate which was seventh best in the nfl so again that's quite surprising to me and that's real positive they had a 45 percent pass success rate which was 21st again not that surprising considering 
you know, Taylor Heineke was their quarterback for most of the year. And really it was scary Terry. And that was about it in the wide receiver room. Uh, overall, they were 48% success rate for their plays. So getting a successful, um, you know, kind of outcome from a pass or run play, which was 14th in the NFL. So it's actually pretty good. That's pretty solid. And when you consider how dysfunctional their offense was for a lot of the season, now, as far as how the targets are distributed, what they're doing, they were 19th in targets to wide receivers, 7th in targets to running backs, 23rd to the tight end position. So I think one thing you know we've seen a lot of these last couple of years is a lot of dump-offs to J.D. McKissick, really boosting his value. We have seen some targets to Antonio Gibson, not as much as we would have liked to see. But one thing I feel like a lot of people maybe are leaning on or thinking about is, hey, they pass a lot to the running backs, so that's really good. Hopefully we'll get some really solid value out of J.D. McKissick maybe and Antonio Gibson. But I sort of feel like, and I did a little bit of a deep dive here, so slight digression, but I just want to talk through my thought process with Wentz coming to town. I think it is a boost for people like Terry McLaurin in the wide receiver room. I think that'll be good for him, but I think it's a bit of a downgrade as far as, you know, for JD McKissick, for Antonio Gibson, for these running backs, as far as their targets, because if I, if we go back and we look at every year that Carson Wentz has been the dude, the starting quarterback for the majority of the year. So I've looked at specifically 2016, 17, 19, and 21. So 16, 17, and 19 were where he was mostly healthy, mostly in charge for the Eagles. And then 21 was last year with the Colts. Um, he, they, the running back targets was 13th his rookie year. So that's not bad. That's okay. We can live with that. But then his second year when he was really playing, you know, he was doing really well, um, but they were 31st. So they were next to last place in targets to the running back position. And then even in 19, they were 17th. They were just middle of the pack, nothing great. And then last year, you know, uh, 2021, they for the Colts they were 13th um which isn't bad you would think like that's not too bad that's still top third but if you look back to the year before when Philip Rivers was there with the pretty much exact same roster they were fourth uh, in targets to the running back so I think who the quarterback is does play a large factor into how many dump offs you're going to get how many targets to the running back position so I feel like it's a bit of a dampener I'm pretty concerned about the running back room for for Washington based on Brian Robinson Jr. being brought in based on J.D. McKissick coming back, based on Antonio Gibson now having to deal with Carson Wentz, who may not really want to pass to him much. But I do think it's wheels up as far as the run, the wide receiver core, if we have a healthy Curtis Samuel um, and Terry McLaurin's back, Jahan Dotson's there. That's pretty exciting, I think, if you're a Washington Commanders fan. And, and it's definitely got some potential there. For me personally, I know you mentioned a seven. I'm at a six and a half, so we're not miles apart. We're pretty similar. I'm I'm a little bit down from you, but not much. So again, I do see some potential there, some guys that I like, some some kind of guys that I may be looking to get on the roster. Who's your biggest buy? So if we're talking about specific players you are looking to target, maybe bring into the fold here, who are you looking at? So I'm going to give you a two-pack. Um, one of them, Carson Wentz, talking specifically in, in Superflex Leagues, not that you need to go and spend a whole lot of draft capital on, on Carson Wentz, but as someone that has sold some shares as well as you know gotten him in trades, he's not that expensive. He's coming in at QB 29 on ADP. And if you're looking for just a bridge guy while you're waiting for a quarterback to develop or waiting for the 2023 class, if you can get him for a mid-second, late second, it's well worth it. He was QB 13 last year. And um, spot on, um, they talk about it with the Colts, how Naheem Hines saw a decrease in targets last year with the change of quarterback because Wentz does not target the quarterback. Who does he target? He targets the tight end. And that's my other buy, and that's Logan Thomas. If you're in a PPR setting, Logan Thomas is going to be his Zach Ertz. 
he is the tight end there, and he's coming in at tight end 30. So people are just completely off on Logan Thomas right now. He was extremely productive two years in a row, and this Scott Turner offense, they, they throw the ball 600 times a year. He's never had an offense that doesn't throw the ball 600 times. So that's if they don't go to the running back, the correlation goes to the tight end, not to the receivers. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I think you, you've nailed it there because when I was looking at those sort of splits for for Wentz, I was even looking at the kind of tight end position. I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely he definitely likes to throw to the tight end. And obviously, I mean, he had some stud tight ends there. You know, you can't dis- discount that. But there is something to say that he definitely has a penchant for, like, you know, targeting his tight ends. I think they were, like, first in targets to tight ends a couple yeah. of years when he was with the Eagles. I mean, he just peppered them with targets. So 100% worth getting in on. For me, it's probably Jahan Dotson. I think, especially if we're talking about from a dynasty perspective, he just had some absurd values in rookie drafts this year. Uh, and that was even before the, the Terry McLaurin contract extension. So I imagine people are even further down on him now at this stage. I really don't understand it because he got first round draft capital. He was productive in college. He was a good player. He had the best hands in the draft class as far as I'm concerned. And he was going in like mid second, late second round, even in like one QB leagues. And I'm like, what is happening? Uh, I don't get it. He's going as wide receiver 46 and super flex tight end premium startups so you're getting him as like what is that a wide receiver five or something like that and i think that is just really underselling his talent and his value to that team and just in general so if wince doesn't work out if wince sucks and they have a really good draft pick next year then they get a stud quarterback like you said there's five or six quarterbacks that could be first round quarterbacks next year um you know, so again, your dynasty, it's not costing you a lot to get in on the Jahan Dotson hype train. I think it's a good time to to get in on it because he played with absolute garbage quarterbacks in college. So Winch is Winch is going to be a massive upgrade for him as well. I think that he could be one of those one of those rookie wide receivers that does hit the ground running, and there's a clear need there for an established wide receiver too. So that would be that'd be where I would come down. What about your biggest buy? Like, who are you getting rid of? Like, who's a see you later for the Washington Commanders, Dave? I'm curious. Well, I'm definitely not going to see you later at a unless I get a really good offer. But you know, there's so many good receivers, and and Terry McLaurin coming in at wide receiver 18 was really the the only one that kind of stood out. Antonio Gibson was the thought as well. But I wanted to just talk about Terry McLaurin, and you know, it is going to be an upgrade as far as the receiver room. But you know, Carson Wentz hasn't necessarily propped up a whole lot of receivers. And when you look at guys that are being drafted in your dynasty startups around Terry McLaurin, he's coming in at, at 17 right behind Michael Pittman before Mike Evans, before Rashad Bateman, before Drake London, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Jerry Judy. So if you're telling me I can get Devonta Smith plus something for Terry McLaurin or a Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore plus something, that's that's what I'm trying to do, um, and that's the way I look at it. Even Cortland Sutton coming in at 27, Jameson Williams at 29. Um, I just think there's a lot of there's so many receivers that if you get one of those guys like Terry McLaurin, like you said earlier with uh, Ceedee Lamb, get somebody plus. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I I, um, I really like that take because I think. McLaurin is one of those guys. He is a really good receiver. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And especially for the NFL, he's great for the commanders. He's by far their best receiver. He's an absolute stud, but for fantasy, 
I think it's surprising because he was a quite an old rookie. So we think of him as a young guy still, but I, I think he's 27. Is he 26, 27? He's already sort of at his prime really right now. And so if you're able to kind of move on from him, get somebody a little bit younger, but also get draft capital on top. He's not old. I'm not scared about him because of age or anything. I just think, like you said, if you're able to kind of capitalize on the hype that he's just signed a contract extension and yes, Wentz is going to be an upgrade, but it's not necessarily going to be like a prolific upgrade. It's not going to be, you know, a, a life changing. But yeah, he turns 27 in September. Thanks for that, um, Dave. But yeah, turns 27 in September. So he's kind of right at his peak now, his peak of his powers. Um, you know, so if you can move him and again, talking about the guy I was just talking about, if you can swap him for Jahan Dotson plus a 23 first, you know, I would love to do something like that. You know, if I can get somebody, um, you know, even to your point, if I can get Elijah Moore and something on top, that signed me up all day and twice on Sunday. So I dig it. For me, my goodbye is Antonio Gibson. Much as it saddens me to say, I really like Antonio Gibson. I was sort of a big fan when he came out, getting him in like the third round of your rookie drafts was awesome that year. Um, but I just feel like any any running back really is only here for a short time in dynasty. You know, there's not a lot of running backs that have five, six years. I mean, Kamara, somebody like that is an absolute unicorn. Somebody that can, you know, hold and maintain their value for so long year after year after year. It just doesn't happen a lot. I mean, think back three years ago, who was Todd Gurley, those, you know, the, the 101, and now he's literally not even in the league. Um, so, you know, for me, Gibson, we've touched on it already. They brought in JD McKissick. You know, they brought him back again. They've drafted Brian Robinson Jr. Much as people want to laugh Brian Robinson Jr. off, he is a good running back. He was productive in Alabama his last year when he got the chance. And he was behind like Najee Harris, who's considered like a top three dynasty running back. It's not like he was behind some bums. So people just need to be a little bit realistic. I think that, you know, because people love Gibson, he's a real like Twitter darling. I think people just want to make excuses and, you know, have these unrealistic expectations. He's still coming in at RB 15 in a startup. So just outside of an RB one. Personally, for me, if you can get RB1 or anything close to RB1 numbers for him, I'm more than happy to to shift off of him, away from him. Like, for example, if you could get Travis Etienne plus um, for Antonio Gibson right now, I would love to do that. Somebody like that, you know, that has equally as much opportunity, probably a lot higher upside even, you know, with the amount of targets that he could get in that offense with Trevor Lawrence, something like that, just as food for thought. But yeah, that would be my biggest buy before the season starts. I think Brian Gibson or Brian Robinson could easily cut in on the goal line work. JD McKissick could be there to hoover up any sort of um, targets that are going to the running back. So it could just be a really nasty situation where you have some boom and bust weeks for Antonio Gibson. Uh, and then again, you know, because Dave is so smart, he has already agreed with me here. No, I'm joking. I've agreed with him on our sneaky stash, which is Curtis Samuel. So what's your take on it? I know I have my thoughts, but what is your thoughts on Curtis Samuel? Why is he a sneaky stash here? Yeah, so they they didn't give up on Curtis Samuel. Um, last year, he made the mistake of not having surgery on the injured groin, and then he tried to play through it. Then he had to have the surgery middle of the season, and then he missed the whole year. Um, so, you know, we saw with Rashad Bateman, it was the opposite. He had, he had the surgery beginning of the year and then you saw at the end, he had a, you know, good, good finish to the season. Um, so with Curtis Samuel, he knows the offense. As soon as free agency started, they came and scooped him up. Remember Rivera Turner, the, you know, some of the GM over there, they, they are familiar with him. He's familiar with the offense and he'll have a role. Um, do I think he's going to be the clear cut number two? Probably not. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did end up as the number two. 
Um, he could easily just be the number three, and, and that's fine. He's going to find work in this offense. Again, they throw 600 times, and the last time he played in a Scott Turner offense for a full year, he had over 100 targets. So, um, you know, so I, I think he's – and he was the third the third target getter. So um, I think he's, he's a good stash. Right now he's wide receiver 83 at ADP 188. And for me, a lot of – what you've mentioned there is absolutely true. I love the cost. It's like practically free. You know, I'm really annoyed because I'm I'm in this startup at the moment and I was literally going to take Curtis Samuel with my next pick. And of course I got sniped on him, but it is like the 18th round. We're in like the 18th or 19th round or something, you know? And I just kept waiting because I, I thought, you know, everyone just is completely done with him. And I did the classic, like waiting one round too long to get him. But I agree with you hundred percent. I think that even if he's not the wide receiver two on the team or whatever, he should return value on a wide receiver 83 sort of ADP. You know, that's kind of, you're talking about, like you say, guys, maybe like a Jalen Rager or something like in and around him, you know, where we're only two years removed from him having like a, what wide receiver 24, 25 finish, you know, being a borderline wide receiver two in a pretty anemic Carolina offense. So he certainly has that potential. He's still actually fairly young. He is very talented. Um, he's probably never going to be, you know, a top 12 wide receiver, nothing like that. We're not saying that, but again, in, in dynasty, especially different than redraft, you've got to find ways to get that value, get guys who are not being valued appropriately. And even if all that happens is you get him at wide receiver 83 value and you're able to flip him at wide receiver 50 value, that's still really solid. And he's, even though we feel like he's been in the league forever, he's actually still younger than Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's 26 next month, so he's going to be, he's still a year younger than, than Terry McLaurin, you know, who everyone is absolutely goo goo and gaga over. Um, but yeah, he's a very talented guy. He could be used in a Debo Samuel type role. He's got that sort of, you know, ability that he was used that way in college and things like that a bit. So certainly somebody that I would agree with 100%. You should be able to get super cheap at the moment as just a throw in on a deal. And I will throw out one other name very quickly here. Cole Turner. He was a tight end that they drafted. Um, I, I like your buy option of Logan Thomas, but again, he is a little bit older. He did have some injury concerns last year. So if anything did happen to him, they don't have a lot in that tight end room at the moment. Cole Turner. I actually comped him to like a poor man's Mike Gesicki, um, when I was doing his tape review and things like that. And it's very interesting that, cause he was a wide receiver that kind of actually moved over to tight end, which as we know with Logan Thomas, he was a quarterback who moved over to tight end. So a, there's a sort of a, a type that they have, you know, they like those athletic tight ends pass catchers not necessarily there for their blocking so i think he's somebody that because of Wentz loving to throw to tight ends because of his skill sets because of the type of player he is and because of the lack of major competition other than logan thomas certainly somebody worth looking at um you can probably pick him up for free at the minute on your waiver wires with the commanders just to wrap it up to put a bow on it here do you have a bold prediction for the commanders dave no um i don't, <laughs> I don't really have any bold prediction for the commanders um i think they're they're gonna be good i don't think they're gonna be great i don't think they make the playoffs and i don't think there's any league winners on that that team um i do like antonio gibson's goal line usage um, so, uh, I, I do think that, you know, with the continued goal line usage, he could be at an RB one and he's, you're paying RB two prices, but I don't know. I'm not too confident. Yeah, it's, it is tough. Like, I think they're a very murky situation where it's, it's hard to have any real major confidence with anything. I will say that I feel like for my bold prediction, it's hard to put an exact 
number on it, but because I love chaos and I would just love to see the chaos that it would cause, I do feel like my bold prediction is going to be that Brian Robinson Jr. is actually like fantasy relevant this year at least. Uh, and he's like a, a, a usable flex play. You know, I don't know if he's going to be in our top 24 running back or anything like that, but I feel like people would hate it. They would, they would just absolutely drive them insane and they would just lose their minds. So I'm going to root for the chaos and say that Brian Robinson is a verifiable flex play. I think he's a talented guy. I think we're underselling him. And I think that, you know, they've obviously made it a priority to go out and get a guy like that. So I'm going to say he's, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a legit top, you know, top 30. I'm going to go say, I'm going to say top 30. I'm going to say top 30 running back this year, which isn't that high of a bar really, but I think everyone's treating him like he's, he's chopped meat. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to say top 30 running back and watch the world burn. All right. And I got one. I got one. Logan okay. Thomas bounces back top 10 tight end. Finish. Boom. See, there we go. We thought Dave was going to let us down, but he pulled it out of the bag. Bull prediction, Logan Thomas, top 10 tight end. You heard it, heard it here first. Um, love it. Love it. There you go, folks. That is the Washington commanders in the bag. I drive zero RB in dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate <laughs>